Hey there, Coworking Weekly readers. It's Alex Hillman from Indie Hall and, of course, the Coworking Weekly newsletter that you subscribe to. Uh, you are listening to the beginning of something new that I want to try. Uh, I've been listening to a lot more podcasts and conversations in sort of this recorded format, and I've been getting a whole lot out of it and started to wonder, how can I use this to help other people as well? Uh, and in conjunction with that, I recently posted, uh, actually it was the most recent Coworking Weekly newsletter, an article titled, What to Do When People in Your Area Don't Understand Coworking. Uh, and it's been getting a, a ton of traction. A lot of people have been sharing it. I've been getting a lot of emails about it. Apparently, uh, this is a big issue for a lot of people. So I wanted to dig a little bit deeper and... I wanted to uh, try out this new conversational format. And a big part of this was also realizing that when I write about the the things that I understand from co-working, I'm writing from sort of my my singular perspective, which is one of someone who started a co-working space and two, someone who works with lots of other co-working spaces. But there's some there's a voice that's missing from that conversation about helping people understand co-working. And that's the people who work directly with members every single day. And I'm fortunate enough to work with some really amazing people who help run Indie Hall. And one of them's name is Adam Tetteris. And Adam has been working with me and Indie Hall members for three years, which is uh, quite a while for anyone to who's not a founder to have been working in a co-working space. I don't think there's many people besides Adam who have worked in a co-working space as a staff member for this long. Um, and there's also, uh, you know, very few people who or even founders that have been doing it for that long. So uh, the other thing is that Adam's worked really closely with me on digging deep into what makes Indie Hall work, what makes our approach and our process work. So he's got a really deep understanding of it, but it still comes from one that is of sort of a hired team member versus, you know, necessarily the, the, you know, the founder vision and that sort of thing. So I know that there's people on, uh, on the Coworking Weekly list that are not necessarily founders and, and they're people who are inside organizations and are trying to figure out how to communicate what coworking is, what they do. And so I decided to ask Adam to join me in a quick recorded conversation podcast style like you're about to hear to share some of his insights into what it's like to describe coworking to people who don't really understand it, people who haven't heard it before. And Adam's got a lot of really amazing insights. Uh, you know, I'm always, always impressed with what he has to share. I think he's got a lot of value for you. So with that, I'm just going to, going to turn things over to Adam and enjoy this first episode. So uh, thanks for you know, carving out a little bit of time. You know, there's, a, there's a bunch going on. Uh, busy day at Indie Hall. You were just you were just saying, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is a sort of. Uh, I'm not sure this is not usually busy season for us, but a lot mm-hmm. of good things going on. But I wanted to sort of jump right in and sort of get your take on what it's like to explain co-working to people every day, whether it's people that are coming in for membership for a tour. What is you know. What is that like? What kind of things do people say when they come in? How, you know, how much work has to go into it? What is that like for you? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's different for everyone, right? And uh, it, what I'll tell you now might be a little bit different from what Sam, who works with us, would say or what uh, someone else would say from a different community. And uh, I, I can call back immediately to last night when I was at the Kimmel Center in Philly for uh, an It Gets Better open house, uh, like a, an anti-bullying um, support LGBTQ open house where people can come and find out about supporters of that. And Indie Hall is one of the supporters. So that meant that I was explaining what Indie Hall is to a lot of people that I have never met in my life before who knew nothing about me, who knew nothing about Indie Hall, even though we we're in the same city, in the same neighborhood in a lot of instances. And I realized, actually, that the way that I describe it is all beginning with the people who are a part of it. So my description of it is... Uh, basically this. There are a lot of people who can work from anywhere, uh, regardless of what it is that they do. They're independent contractors, they're freelancers, or independent entrepreneurs. If you can work from home, or a cafe, or in an office in a lot of, uh, in a lot of scenarios, if you can choose to go into the office or not, you can come and work with us. You can choose to go to Indie Hall in Old City, find this clubhouse community of people who have decided, I don't want to stay home. I don't want to be lonely and do the work that I do by myself. I want to be in the company of people who are like-minded but have totally different perspectives in mind and totally different backgrounds. Um, and that's what Indie Hall is. It's, my description of Indie Hall is a description of the people that make it. I think that's kind of appropriate, too, because it's rather than focus on the abstraction of, of Indie Hall, wh what is that? I'm talking about the people who are actually in the room, the people that you would meet if you join us. Sure. And so when, when someone goes, yeah, that sounds really cool, how does that work? That, where do you go from there? Yeah, yeah. and that's something that happens all the time because the, you, people wonder, how is it possible that I can work with people that I don't? work with. I'm using air quotes on that. But like, I, These are not my co-workers per se. We're not working on the same thing. Um, and in that way, I, I often, and I think I might have actually stolen this from you, Alex, uh, I, I mentioned that it's a little bit similar to a gym. In the same way that you might walk into a gym and you put in some time and there's a group of people who are there working on their own things individually together in the same space, sometimes spotting one another when they're lifting, right? Um, it's similar to that just for work. You come in and you can get whatever work you've got done, uh, to do done that day. Maybe you're studying, maybe you're writing, maybe you're researching, maybe you have phone calls to make or meetings. Uh, you just happen to be doing it within a space that's filled with other people who are doing those things also and very deliberately aware of doing those things in the company and presence of other people like themselves. So it's similar to a gym, just like a professional social gym. Cool, cool. And so, you know, I'm, I'm again putting myself in the shoes of that stranger who's who's uninitiated. I think the Kimmel Center example is an interesting one because you're not in the context of Indie Hall. So you're explaining this thing that you're you're not even physically in and someone's got to try and wrap their head head around it. Yeah. Um, how does that change when someone's actually in the room? Like if they're coming in for for a tour, you know, or we have the situation where like we've got our, our art gallery. So people walk in off the street, you know, with sort of the rare opportunity for someone who's not knowingly walking into a co-working space, they walk in and they go quite literally, what is this place? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. where, you know, how does, how does that change? 
uh, I, I always I always recommend that people visit because there are a few things that happen when you walk into the space itself. Not the least of which is a very palpable feeling that you have when you're in a space that's filled with uh, in the energy of, of people who are aware of one another and not ignorant of each other being in the same space. This isn't um, this isn't cubicles being smashed up against one another, and you can very immediately see that and feel that when you are here. So when you are in Indie Hall, you have an opportunity to see so many different aspects of it. In your example, when someone visits for an art gallery, because we have the gallery when you first enter, they get to see the artwork and they understand, okay, this is an art gallery. But you also have the, the ability to see deeper into the room and see that there are desks that are right next to one another, and they're organized into different colors and different pods, and there's a lot of space. It looks like it's very creative. It looks like it was built by several people. There are a lot of different tones and, and attitudes represented on the walls. And what I love about that is suddenly the art gallery, the understanding that you had, kind of blossoms into a bigger picture. Yeah. Oh, it's not just an art gallery. This is something that's a part of this. Right. Oh, you can do work here as well. And that, that, that gradual discovery is a really huge piece of understanding how Indie Hall works. And the best part of it is when you're in the space, my, my hope for a tour of Indie Hall is to eventually end with your understanding that you can contribute in the same way that you see those things existing, mm -hmm. you can add to those things. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, the lecture I did yesterday at the Moore College of Art and Design, I was chatting with a few of the, the seniors at the afterwards. Um, and one of the things I, I extended an invitation, I was like, we can talk about this all day long, but you should really come down and experience it and sort of wrap that up with, you know, co-working is one of these things that, and I'm speaking to artists, so I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, but you know, it's, it's something when you create something that is sort of experiential, yeah. you can only describe it so much. You have to experience it for yourself to understand it. And so I think that that's part of that, you know, why, you know, getting people in the door of a co-working space seems like the only way to help them understand it. Um, but having them experiencing co-working through like jelly or, or other events and outings, other community, other collaborative things, um, you can, I think you can create that experience. So that's actually where I want to sort of take things, uh, cause you have a unique role in this and the fact that, you know, are you one of those co-workers? Are you someone who creates that experience? Uh, you know, we work together. You're mm -hmm. not an owner, though. You have didn't you you've been you and I've been working together for three years, but Indie Hall has been around for uh, you know almost what is it, eight eight years? Eight years, eight years. Um, so you know, how does a non-founder, you know, essentially you know hired team member, uh, take on the role of? creating that experience like what is the what is the job of of adam tetteris hired co-working experience facilitator and this is a really rambling title that i'm giving you now because <laughs> what the hell do you call yourself right um yeah. what what does that look like what what the hell do you do <laughs> that, yeah, no that's a that's an excellent question uh, that's i think that's a question that i i answer for myself and i ask other people to answer for me 
on a really regular basis. But going back to when I first started at Indie Hall, at first I thought, oh my God, I'm at a disadvantage because I'm not the owner or the founder. I don't have a top-down view of what this entire community looks like. And so I will have a more difficult job of assembling a strategy for how to manage it, for lack of a better word, or guide the people inside of it. Over time, in a short period of time, I've come to understand that me joining Indie Hall on the level of a member is the greatest advantage I could possibly have. I was hired to be a part of Indie Hall, as a member of Indie Hall, as an exemplary member of Indie Hall, and as someone who encourages and invites and organizes uh, organizes everyone else. But I'm on the same level as just about anyone else who is a part of this. I just happen to have a lot of experience under my belt of being here and a lot of tenure. So that means I have the perspective of being very close to a person who is a, a member of this community. I am a member of this community first and always. With all of that said, you know, that's sort of from your perspective and what you try to do. And this might be a bit of a tougher question is like, what do... I don't know if you've heard exact words from other members. What do other members of Indie Hall think you do? <laughs> <laughs> they, they think I take out the trash. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in many scenarios, they are right. They're correct. Um, there, are, there are any number of different <laughs> perspectives of what it is that I do. And, uh, and it, that, is, that is a difficult question because I, it, it asks me to speak for someone else. Right. Um, and uh, some of my favorite examples of that, in, in which someone has told me what I do, is when they've said, uh, I'm, I'm the person who, who told them how being a part of Indie Hall is advantageous to their, their job and their life. Uh, Adam was a person who opened up doors and introduced me to a friend and a business partner, the person that I work with right now. So he's a person who had that information ready for me, and he's a person who makes sure that Indie Hall is, uh, as an organization and as, as a business and a community, is staying on track, that we're all headed down the same path together. Um, but there are also times where, uh, from time to time, somebody will say, Adam's the person, I think, who takes out the trash. Right. Right. And that's a perfect opportunity for me to say, the next time I take out the trash, you can help me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just have, it, have a certain understanding of, you know, there are really small things that I do every single day to make sure that this place is staying on track and we're all on the same path together. And those are things that you can help me do. I don't actually have to do those things alone. And the better understanding that you have of some of those things, the better understanding and the closer you become to understanding what it takes to make this thing work together. What do you notice about the difference between people who sort of get, get that? Um, you know, the people who say, oh, I, I can help out with stuff. Like, A, what does it take is it, is it simply that invitation? Is there more to it than that? And then, you know, what, what happens when someone realizes, oh, I can take ownership of this thing. Like, I don't have to wait for Adam yeah. to tell me I can, I can actually help Adam. I can help Adam in the same way that Adam helps me. I think it, it seems like it would be obvious for me to, to say the people who step up and help me do those things participate more. But when I say that, I think it's, it's more profound than, well, of course they participate more because they, they also take out the trash or do dishes or 
pot of coffee for other members. They, those people tend to join for more events. Those people tend to come up with more outside events and then own those events. They ask for permission a little less frequently and they own things by themselves and bump into those things by themselves and create with intent of making the entire community benefit from that. And that's a really incredible thing. The people who don't often give me a hand with some of those small like terrestrial duties, like taking out trash and all that, um, they, they don't see how many things go into making sure that this place works for all of us. And that means that they may not participate as much. Uh, they're, they're a little more far away from understanding what it all is at the core. So it's sort of like a, it's almost like putting on a, a new set of glasses or maybe it's more, more maybe yeah. like a better metaphor is like night vision goggles. It's like that stuff was always there, but until you contribute, basically until you get an idea of what it is that you do and that, by the way, anyone can do a lot of those things. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like seeing things that weren't always there. And, and I think what you said before about permission was really interesting um, because a lot of times people don't necessarily it's not that they don't want to do it or wouldn't do it. It's they don't even think that they can or they should. Yeah. Um, so again, back to sort of that, that extending that invitation, you know, that the trash example is, is a, is a funny one that we, we laugh about a lot. Um, but there's other examples of, of, you know, lots of little things, you know, improvement projects, we get new furniture, we get new equipment. Um, even, you know, simple things like, you know, the other day I was installing that new, the VGA cable in uh, or a new VGA cable for the projector. And I just posted into our chat room, Hey, can anyone help me move the big ladder? And, uh, one of our members who like, I, I know, I don't know very well was really quick to say, Hey, I'm happy to. And in the literally three minutes it took for him to help, we even had that brief conversation. And I think that that made both of our days, um, that, that much better. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I want to sort of turn, turn this question a, a little bit, turn it a few more degrees uh, to back to a group of people who maybe are a little bit further away and sort of like friends and family. Mm -hmm. What do your friends and family think you do? Oh, that's an awesome question. They just generally have no idea what's <laughs> going on. And it, you know what it's all about, I think, is there is there's a certain understanding of what co-working is. There's, there's this like foundational context of understanding what co-working is before you could even understand what it is that I do. Of course, you, under, you, you need to understand what a boat is before you can understand I'm the captain of a boat, right? Um, how do you describe those things if you don't even understand what the vessel or the platform is? So it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a difficult conversation to have because people will ask questions. My, I'm seeing my mother this weekend. It's her birthday. She's going to ask me about what I've been doing, what keeps me busy. And then she's going to ask me the same question she always asks me every, asks me every time we have dinner, which is, what is Indie Hall? And then we go back to the beginning. And then she's going to ask about co-working, because Indie Hall is an example of co-working. And then we go even further back. And by that time, I'm so tired from <laughs> explaining some things. I, I can't even remember what I'm doing this week. Um, so it's, it's tough. And it's, it's a bit of a history lesson, but I find that the only people who really get it, the, the things that really click, are the people who want to get it. And in the example of my 
mother or my father, co-working is not necessarily something that they desire right now. Perhaps they will. Who knows? I think there are a number of ways that they could, they could love it and it would be awesome for them. But uh, they don't desire that right now. And that means that they don't necessarily want to know what it is. So having those conversations with someone who don't necessarily want to jump into it um, is even more difficult. <laughs> and yeah, there's not a lot of people who do what you do as a hired, whatever you want to call yourself, yeah. um, uh, staff member of a co-working space that have done it for three years. Yeah. So sort of like two, two questions sort of wrapped up in that. One is, um, why did you take this job? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't, I wonder how you remember, cause I've got my version of my memory. I wonder how you remember you and I meeting and, you know, was it, was it a particular experience? Cause we talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Was it a, a particular conversation? Was it a particular, uh, wh- what was it that said, I think I want to do this thing because it is, if like if you can't describe it, how the hell can I be sure that I described it to you? So what yeah. was inside of it that made you say, "This is worth it," even if I'm not sure exactly what it is enough to to describe it? Uh, when I before I joined Indie Hall, I was working full time as an intern at an ad agency. So I was working really hard, not not being compensated necessarily for that work. I was also working full time. Uh, as uh, a person yeah, at a, in a retail store, right? So I mean, there's, there's really no satisfaction in that, no, no personal satisfaction in that. Um, when, I found, when I found Indie Hall, I found out about you, Alex, and, and that, was, that was the way that it worked. I, I found out about you from one of my best friends. And so having a, a, a beacon of trust, my best friend, to... Uh, introduced me to you was a really big deal. But what you talked to me about, and you and I met at Indie Hall, so I was jumping right into the deep end from square one because I was inside of it and we were talking about it. And so during our conversation, that was me just trying to make sure that I was calibrated. Like I wanted to be able to talk to you confidently about what this opportunity was. Meanwhile, I was trying to figure out where the hell I was. Um, but the thing that really struck me during that conversation is that you were inviting me to do two things. One, you were inviting me to join not a business, but a family. And two, you were inviting me to work on myself, surrounded by people who were going to help me do that. The jobs that I had, the work that I was doing prior to that conversation, that was not that. It wasn't that at all. No one had felt so personally interested in making sure that I got something equal or greater out of, out of us working together. Um, coworking as a whole, I think, is a manifestation of that spirit of, of caring for one another. And I was, being, I was being given an opportunity to care for myself more than I ever did and to care and look after a community of people who felt the same way. And that was, that was a really intense, totally different invitation that I've, I've ever been given. And it was also something that I, I couldn't in any possible sense decline. Um, so it was a huge leap of faith, but that was a major, major invitation for a major responsibility. That was, that was something that rings true for me. 
were there any reservations? Any any hesitation? You say leap of faith. Like, what was was there anything potentially stopping you? Yeah, I I would say typical reservation would be having to understand what it was, what what co-working was, be, being able to come to terms with what it is as something totally different from what I've experienced or encountered before or heard of. Like I said earlier, you know, it's talking about co-working with someone who doesn't know what it is, is sort of similar to trying to explain what a boat is and I'm the captain, but what the hell is a boat? So what are you? Um, so for me, this was, this was an invitation to a vessel that I have never seen before. Right. It's like, uh, a UFO flies down. There are a lot of really interesting things going on, I bet. <laughs> but I have a few reservations because I'm not totally sure what it is. But there was, there was such an overwhelming spirit of, of, uh, of productivity and positivity and a, a, a view of the world and the way that we work together in the world that was, uh, that was being put forth that I, I couldn't ignore. So the only reservation I had to get past was the discovery of a brand new medium of being with people and it was worth that. Did you know what you wanted to accomplish when you, when you said yes or I was, any, anywhere near when you said yes? I, I was not totally sure what I wanted to accomplish. No. So I, I was, I was coming from a place in which I knew that I was very busy, but I wasn't working on things that were fulfilling. So I was very busy getting close to God knows what. And I was being given an opportunity to stay quite busy getting closer to something that means something to me and being able to make that something propagating and furthering uh, an understanding of what, of what co-working offers and, and how we can do it even better and be better to one another. Um, that's that, that very much became a mission and, and how I can make that different from just offering people to help me out, take the trash. Um, it, how, how can I make it more nuanced and more meaningful than that? That became my job. That, that, that's my responsibility. That's the thing that I'm working on. You know, were there any like major turning points? You were like, holy shit, I see this, uh, you know, in, in a totally different way. Yeah, um, it, there, are, there are too many changes for me to even think of, to, to list all of the ways that my, my mind has changed or has been shaped by the things that I've done for the past three years. There are so many little ones and there are, there are so many big ones. Could too. you pick? Could you pick one? <laughs> that's, like, I, that's that's yeah. I know that's kind of mean. Um, Can I pick one? Um, yeah. I okay. Okay. Um, I, I I would say a lot of the things that I've learned about uh, and have changed my mind about. I think is the way that we. The way that humans open themselves up to one another or keep themselves closed off to one another. And my, my work at Indie Hall, with Indie Hall, with everyone who is here, has changed the way that I understand first impressions. And beyond just first impressions, uh, people's legitimate ability to pierce through a, a, a social awkward situation in order to have a, a greater benefit for two people. My original, my original inclination, my nature, living in Philadelphia, is to get on a subway and put my head down and talk to no one and let all of us 
enjoy that time separately from one another without impacting anyone. And the best possible scenario for that sub that subway ride is no one was negatively impacted by my presence or vice versa. Uh, Indy Hall has it countless times from meeting new people every single day, dozens of new people every single day has taught me that one person makes an offer to the other person. If it's genuine, if it's authentic, if there's a way of being able to sense that you are doing this because you want both of us to be in a better place afterward, it's worth the effort. And that's an effort that I would have never capitalized on or instigated prior to being in the role that I'm in now. And it's totally about human nature and what we're comfortable with. Some people are more comfortable reaching out and others aren't. And I think being comfortable, being the person who initiates those things, being a person who offers an invitation is a skill set that not everyone has, but it's, it, it's, it's worth learning. And it's something that I practice every single day. What's been, what's been like a, a surprise? And this could come from the things you were just talking about in terms of like how, how you discovered that or just in, and maybe that's a better way to do it. Like in that realm of, yeah. you know, what changes when, when you are able to offer the invitation, like tell me about a time where, where you, your, your mind was changed. Like you were saying, where you were like, tr truly surprised or, or I said, Whoa, that was not how I, I, my belief set said it was going to go this way. Yeah. It went that way. Hang on a second. My world was just sh shaken. We've, uh, we've had a member join Indy Hall who immediately, right off the bat, I felt was against the grain. And within the context of a community of different people and different worldviews, that should make sense, of course. But this was someone that I immediately recognized as someone who would, who would rock the boat who would make other people uncomfortable, who would be too confident in his own uh, worldview and perspectives, too, too confident in that he would shout it out for anybody to participate in it or observe, and that, would, that was going to make this a difficult workspace. How can you stay comfortable when everyone uh, doesn't agree with you, right? And, and you're, you're so loud about it and happy to share those things that it, it becomes just really prickly. You don't look at, you don't look forward to going to that, that, that place to work because right. you know, you're going to have to engage with that person. So there was a person who joins here who was very much encompassing those things. And I immediately thought I saw in the future, we're going to have to sit down and talk about you maybe not being a part of this community. You're a person who is making other people uncomfortable. And you and I talked a lot about why, why, why? Where do those things come from? Why do you act the way that you do? Um, why is a, is a question to ask anything, but the way that you behave, why? Um, and that speaks to like a greater emotional sense. Like wh what is it that you're trying to express? What do you want from here? Why did you come here is a really beautiful question to ask someone like that. And through asking that question and having those conversations that were less presumptuous, less, uh, you, you don't work here and you know you don't work here, so you should probably get to step in, and more of a genuine curiosity, like, hey, what is it that actually made you come here? And what is it that makes you come here every single day? That opened up into a conversation with this individual that totally changed my mind about that person. That person just didn't understand the best way of going about being a part of it, and didn't understand that 
doing the things that he was doing was making other people a little bit uh, uncomfortable. And there were ways that he could invite people to be a part of the crazy things that he was doing. And it completely changed my perspective of that person. It changed my idea of being able to capitalize on a first impression that I made from not just book by its cover, but very much observing his behaviors, his, his ritual behaviors. And it changed his, his relationship with an entire community such that when he left the community, when he was going on to greener pastures, wherever he is now, you know, people really genuinely missed him. And he, was, he brought a presence here. He, he had a presence here that immediately seemed like it wasn't going to fit. And it did. And when it was gone, all of us missed that. That, that was major. That yeah. was really major. And that's, that's not just indie hall. That's not just co-working. That's, that's like life-changing epiphany kind of stuff. Yeah. Cool. That's really it, cool. Yeah. Well, um, I actually think I, I want to wrap up there. Uh, and we've got so much more that we can talk about and we're going to do some more conversations like this, uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, cause I think you've got a ton of insight that, you know, I think the folks that read, uh, read coworking weekly get, um, come from a few different places. There's the people that are running coworking spaces. There's the people that are thinking about starting coworking spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who are just interested in coworking as a concept that they can apply. And, you know, we get emails from people that like run libraries and, and, uh, all kinds of museums, institutions, all kinds of things like that. But the, the, the group that, uh, I think you connect with that, it better than me to be completely honest are the folks who are being hired to do this because you you see through those eyes with uh with with a, a ton of clarity and and a lot of perspective and have a lot to share so um both for the folks who are are generally interested in the kinds of things that we're up to and how we solve problems uh whenever i have a conversation with adam uh, you know i, I get to learn a lot and I want to be able to share that with you and especially, especially, especially for the folks that are, you know, the hired guns, uh, in the, whatever you call yourself, however you explain what you do to your parents, (laughs) um, however you justify yourself to your boss, uh, uh, whatever that might be. Um, I know with a hundred percent confidence that Adam's got a whole lot more. So, uh, keep your eyes peeled for, for more conversations like this. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day, Adam. And, uh, I'm heading down to Indy Hall in a little bit myself. I will see you there. I'll see you later, man. Take it easy. Bye-bye. so much for listening. Uh, these are a whole lot of fun to record and I'm looking forward to doing a whole lot more, bringing Adam back and maybe some other folks too. But I want to know what I can do to make this better. So your feedback does mean a lot. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Alex Hillman or shoot me an email, alex at indiehall.org. I'd love to hear what you think about you know, this kind of conversation, other kinds of things you'd like to learn. Who would you like to learn from? Who can I bring on and share their lessons with you? Also, if you're one of those co-working space founders, but you've got people on your team that maybe aren't subscribed to Coworking Weekly, so they wouldn't get a chance to hear this conversation with Adam, please share it with them. 
uh, again, trying to get this kind of perspective in the hands of as many people that are working on co-working as possible. So every little bit that you can do to help us share this with more people really does mean the world to me. Uh, again, I want to thank you for your time listening today. Thank you for spreading the word and have a great rest of your week. Thank you.